Idly ho, neighborinos. It's episode 80 of Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. With me this week, we have the tenacious Zach Miller. Very tenacious. And his bag of angsty Metroid angst. <laughs> okay, I don't know how angsty he is about it. You've calmed down. I have calmed down. Calmed and down. you know what? I'm, I'm actually getting sick of tired of uh, talking about it on podcasts. <laughs> don't worry. We don't have Metroid Other M this, this week. I don't think we can have it. There really isn't much music. I mean, there, it's all atmospheric stuff. So yeah. um, I'm not saying we'll never have it, but I, it's unlikely, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we have five non-Metroid games lined up for you, and uh, that's a hint. <laughs> uh, and uh, before we get started, I do want to mention one thing. Um, there is a live version of Radio Trivia, one night only, going on on the 17th of September, I believe it is. And that's uh, this Friday. Um, and hopefully this will be up before then, so that when you're hearing this, it isn't too late to check it out. It's at 7 p.m. Pacific. Um, and uh, if if you just go to the website, you'll find um, some information on how to get to the chat room and how to connect to the radio stream. Carly Young, our uh, European correspondent, and uh, James Jones from Radio Free Nintendo, so uh, check that out. Hopefully I can make it and participate live. Uh, we do have prizes, Metroid-related prizes, if I recall correctly. Poor James. Um, what? James is the prize? No, poor James. Oh, yes. poor James. Yeah. Yes, they're, they're hosting a Metroid, a Metroid <laughs> prize, and James hates Metroid. So, um, so yeah, that that's the extent we're going to talk about Metroid on this podcast. Uh, check it out, or if, uh, if this is going up or you're listening to this after that event, uh, hopefully you had a good time. Um, I have no idea if we'll ever do this again, but uh, it, it should be fun. You know, I think they have four games lined up and um, three tracks each, and it's very similar to uh, how we do things here. So uh, if you like this podcast, uh, check it out, or I hope you had fun. Heck yeah. And with that, let's go on to the first song from the first game. Let's do it.
I thought you said there weren't going to be any Metroid games. Oh, that's not Metroid, I guarantee you. <laughs> So, uh, what two non-final bosses in this game are repeated from the previous game in the series?
with such good music, how could this game be bad? I know. You you wouldn't think... Uh, you. I mean, how can you think it's anything but what it is? Well, if you guessed Mega Man, you're right. It's Mega Man and Bass. Sorry, Bass. bass. I, I always misread that even though I know what they're going for. I know. <laughs> Mega Man and Bass uh, for the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> um, and so this is a port of a, of a Super Famicom game that... Uh, that never came out in America mm-hmm. um, until they ported it and, and came out worldwide. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it's Mega Man. I've, I heard it's you know pretty much your standard fare. It's it may as well be called Mega Man Nine, but yeah, uh, it's, it's very not. much like Mega Man Eight, really. I mean, same art, same assets, same everything. Yeah, I mean they have two of the same bosses, right? Yeah, they borrowed two from Mega Man Eight as well, which is the question. And uh, what are the two? Astro Man and Tengu Man. Although they're much harder in this game than they were really? in Mega Man 8. Oh, yeah. In fact, Mega Man and Base in general is a harder game than Mega Man 8. That's because us Nintendo guys are, are used to Mega Man, and, and those, those PlayStation guys were, were all newbies. <laughs> and, and, and they added the horrible voice acting, too. So, yeah. You know. That's not here on the Game Boy Advance, thank God. Yeah, they didn't retrofit that. Damn. No, sorry. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, go hunt down a copy of Mega, that Mega Man collection for last generation consoles and play Mega Man 8. Because <laughs> you will be yow. happy you did. Oh, yow. Yikes. Um, but this is Mega Man in base, and I remember playing a little bit of the Japanese Super Famicom game and I thought it was decent. I mean, Mega Man. So, uh, what makes this port less stellar? Is it is it just the smaller screen, or it, or it is the smaller is screen? It? Well, it's two things. First is Mega Man and Base both move extremely slowly. Like their hmm. their running animation is normal, but the way the screen pans is dreadfully slow. Um, like hilariously slow. Like they're really trying to run here, but they just can't quite do it. Um, but the second thing is. Because it's a Game Boy Advance game, and they don't want to mess up the clarity of the sprites, the yeah. camera is really zoomed in. Okay. So there might be spikes right to your left, but you have no idea. You know. So so it's like turning Mega Man into a Sonic game. I mean, yes. Mega Man's always had a, a little bit of that. I mean, there are certain levels where it's you got to memorize where the spikes are, but those are those are specific areas. When they put the Sonic games on the Game Gear. Right. You know, bad well, things happen. I kind of like the Game Gear. I mean, they were a little slower in some cases, but it's more like, I guess, that port to... What was it? Did they port it out to DS, the Sonic 1? Is yeah, that my I think thinking they did. Yeah, they, they I, I, have, I have to think that was a bad game. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, the GBA games were designed with that screen size, so it's okay. But yeah, I, I definitely could see the... the Smaller screen causing problems for Mega Man with its spikes and yeah. and, and and unintentional and bad guys. You know there'll be bad guys who will just kind of wallop you because you ran, you were running, you were running and you right. couldn't see two feet in front of you. So the bad guy just smacks you in the face. Right. I mean the level design is designed with a larger screen in mind. There you that's, go. That's what it comes down to. Um, and the music's not nearly as good or catchy as other Mega Man games. Hmm. Okay. In my opinion. Well, all right. That's a shame. I mean, 
do you know if they changed the level design at all, or you look into that? I, I have looked into it, and I think it's it's pretty much the same game. Just yeah, because I know with like the Mario games, they they made a few subtle changes when they ported them. Yeah. In, in hopes of making it less insane for right, smaller right. screen. Yeah. So. Not so here. I wish we'd right. gotten it on the Super Nintendo over here, because in theory, it's it, it's a pretty good game. Well, you know, if the virtual consoles were still alive, they might have <laughs> brought this out as a as an import title. Yeah. What's the virtual uh, console? Ah, uh, what? Huh? What? Oh, it's that thing that Sunsoft supports. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought that was WiiWare. Okay. Uh, yeah, seriously, it's like if they, you know, Capcom's had a lot of success with Mega Man Nine and now Mega Man Ten. Why not bring this over? They're all yeah. about pouring their franchises. Yeah, they are. Why not? It like, should have been the in the harm? collection, really. Yeah, well, it's okay because they can they can sell it to us. We, I'm sure there are people <laughs> that'll buy it. Yeah, I'll uh, buy it. I mean, I'll buy it if the Super Nintendo version comes out. Why not? I can't. Is it you don't want to translate it or retrofit the translation? Or? I know there's so much localization to do. I know. <laughs> it's a freaking Mega Man game. Well, they Come have on. to if they ported it to the the Super Nintendo. If they ported it to North America, they'd have to hire you know American little girls to voice Mega Man. <laughs> well, but they already had the opportunity on the GBA. That's true. Yeah. So they botched it, man. You know, <laughs> Yoshi got his horrible voice. I like Yoshi's voice, but. But not not in Yoshi's Island. Uh, oh, you mean Yoshi's Island. Story or Yoshi's Island? Yoshi's Island. They brought they, they backported it to Yoshi's Island when they brought it on the oh, GBA. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm fine with Yoshi's voice in new games, but um, yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah, not so much in Yoshi's Island. Anyway, we're getting off topic here, so we should probably just move on. All right. All right. Mega Man.
Mm, pretty. It was tripping the light fantastic. Pretty. about that song is that both Zach and I independently chose it. Um, <laughs> so layered. Yeah. So this is uh, Zach's selection, so I'm going to let you read the question, Zach. All right. Uh, what is the Japanese term for your character's spirit guides in this game?
A lot of high-energy uh, songs in this game. Very much so. It sounds like a boss fight. I, I really don't know. Um, there, I assume there are a lot of boss fights in this game. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, this is uh, Muramasa, the Demon Blade for Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, a game that's very beautiful looking and beautiful sounding, although I have to say uh, the soundtrack kind of blurs together after a while. A lot of the songs have kind of the same vibe. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if the visuals kind of blur together after a while or not. But um, you know, it's kind of this weird old feudal Japan type look, right? Yeah, um, very much so. Watercolor look. Yeah. Yeah, but um, the backgrounds certainly blend together because there's only a set number of backgrounds and. Uh, even if, I mean, you'll be traveling in different parts of the world, but the backgrounds will remain, you know, pretty much the same. Really? That's surprising, because, I mean, this is, wasn't this a full retail price game? Yeah, and when I say backgrounds, I mean, like, you'll start out a level in a forest, you mm-hmm. know, and eventually the screen will move to, the background will move to a forest, to from a forest to, like, a valley. And then okay. for one screen, you'll be in a town. And then for the next few screens, it'll be somewhere else. But then in the next level, it's like remixed versions of those backgrounds. Well, that's weird, but if it's all taking place in Japan, sort of can understand that. Yeah. Still, it seems kind of lazy. It does seem kind of lazy. I mean, there are some places where it'll be the same background, but different colors. Oh, color swap palettes. Yeah, color swap, awesome. yeah. 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 Well, it is is a, this... the animation is wonderful. That's why I like it. Well, I have only played a little bit of it at E3, and I, I was not, I was wowed by the visuals, not so much the gameplay. Um, it's very repetitive, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it just, I don't know, it just seemed bland on a, on a gameplay level. Um, it, it, how long is this game? Um, Did you play through it all? I've, or? I've played through one of the, you know, there's two characters you can play through as. Oh, right. And I played through as one... And I started the second one, but I haven't played through, I mean, barely any of it, because it really is the same game with a, the same with a different character who has largely the same abilities and uh, different bosses, actually. That's, that's the one nice thing that might keep me going, is, is the different bosses. Are, are the bosses all that different? I mean, do they, are they varied? It seemed like they were all kind of, I stand around and you have to hit me a lot. Yeah, but, they uh, are varied, like... like um, I mean, some are really unforgivingly hard, like they do really high damage. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, in general, yeah, you just slash at them when you have an opening. Mm -hmm. It's not really... It's a very basic game when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty. (laughs) Exactly, it is pretty, and that's why I I got it cheap, and I got it just because... I really like the art direction, and I like, and that's the reason I bought Odin Sphere, which is, you know, animated by the same people. And, and mm-hmm. neither game is especially deep, but I just like the art. Yeah. So there's a question here about the spirit guides. Are, are yeah. these just sort of your navvies, basically? Well, they they appear from time to time and give you information, and they let okay. you save your game. And uh, they're kitsunes. They're fox people. Which okay. are uh, uh, traditional in Japanese folklore. I'm going to just put on my Keaton mask here and, and uh, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Um, now, is this that game that like has absurd amounts of parallax at, at points? Or no, there's like, not. Okay. No, no, there's not much parallax at all. I mean, there will be times where different layers of the background will, you know, scroll at different 
different speeds, but there's not even that much of that. Okay. For most, for the most part, the backgrounds are very static. So, would you recommend people pick this up and, and play it, or is yeah, this if more you can, like if a... you can get it for cheap, I mean, you'll have fun with it for the, you know, eight or ten hours it takes you to beat one of the missions. Um, if as long, it's it's a game where you can very much turn off your brain and play it. Because you'll end up using the same combos over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but okay. no, it's it's pretty. You know, it's a pretty game. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was uh, Muramasa. Yep. And uh, the third game is a listener request. You can request your own at typ at nintendoworldreport.com, or there's a link that'll be in the story for this episode, and you can just follow that. Either way, we need your suggestions. So here's... A uh, suggestion from Chris. Oh. Let's go on.
Here's your question. Mm. So what was this game aptly titled in Japan? You know, it's a very different name in Japan. Gotcha. Okay, so this is one of the ones Zach doesn't know about. So, no idea. Uh, Zach, no, th- no ideas, no guesses. I, I think it's uh, My Little Pony DS. <laughs> this is a DS game now, Zach. Nice. No, no, it isn't. Um, oh. This is actually a Super Nintendo game, and uh, it's uh, it's Battle Clash for the Super Nintendo. Hmm. But um, uh, I, I bet you'll figure out what peripheral this uses uh, once I give you the answer to the question, which is, uh, what is it called in Japan? This uh, this game is called Space Bazooka. So, oh, okay. Um, I so think the, you can figure uh, out which peripheral uses. Yeah, the Super Scope. Yeah, uses the Super Scope. Was well, um, this one of the two or three games that supported the Super Scope? Something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, this game reminds us all that uh, peripherals that are only supported by a few games is. Actually, is nothing new for Nintendo. Um, yeah. it, it's maybe more high profile now that uh, Wii's so popular, but um, yeah, the, the Super Scope only had a few. Yeah, let's see. There, there was Super Scope Six. Mm-hmm. There's this game. There's Yoshi Safari. I'm sure there's one or two others. So may, maybe five or six games total. I, I guess. Yeah. Um, Certainly more than the Balance Board. Well, Balance Board actually has quite a bit of third-party support, I thought, but the Wii Motion Plus yeah, is... Yeah, okay, Wii Motion Plus is a better <laughs> example, yeah. Yeah, um, so... But a Battle Clash is a pretty simple game. It's kind of like a boss rush. It, it, it's sort of a mech game. The, the idea is that you have to shoot um, a sequence of, of opponents that have their mechs, and I think it's more of like a pattern where they attack and you have to hit the vulnerable spot on their sprite. Uh-oh. Um but it's sort of weird because you go right and left, you're trying to track them, and I, I think uh, it's hard for me to tell based on YouTube videos, but I think you got to like aim off the screen to the right to turn to go right and oh, okay. chase after them, and I think that's how it works. 
It could be cool. It's a neat idea. I, I, I think that SNES had trouble pulling it off. Oh, man, um, yeah. Because it's all on, on one plane. It's not like you're going in and out and, you know, it, it's it's limited. It's only going left and right. There's no up and down. Nice. But um, it's a nice idea. I don't know if there's any sort of blocking or, or anything like that. I mean, I could see where you have to shoot projectiles. I, I don't know if that's how the game worked. But um, it's certainly not... Um, a long-lived series. This is an intelligent systems game, mm. so it's a Nintendo first-party game. But well, actually, I think there was a sequel. Actually, now that I think about it, uh, I have to look it up. But uh, there was a sequel to this game. I don't know if it was significantly different. Uh, give me a second, look it up. Right on. Some on-the-spot research. So, Metal Combat Falcon's Revenge was the sequel. <laughs> and I- Love that name. But uh, I, I don't know if. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there are any significant changes. I mean, it's, it's ultimately both of these games are one-on-one boss rush type fights, yeah. and uh, and so in some ways maybe it's sort of like a spiritual <laughs> sequel to Punch Out or something, or, <laughs> or analog to Punch Out with with mechs. Um, you know, Japanese are their mechs, and this is what 1992, 93. Yeah. But, you know, mech games were actually kind of big then, so uh, it makes sense Nintendo would want to make its own crappy mech game. Yeah. Maybe it's not crappy. I don't know. Well, it could be good. I don't know. Well, if you play the game right in TalkBack, because I'm, I'm going off of speculation here in, in videos, but um, <laughs> I, I can't say it's it's held up terribly well in terms of visuals. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that like I said, that was a request by Chris, and the next game is also a request, but it's also a Zach request. Oh. Yeah, so meeting of the minds. I think I know what it is.
Well, I'm sure some listeners are scratching their heads saying, I think I know this one. <laughs> I think I know it. I've been hearing um, this track a lot lately. Oh, really? Mm. Uh, I guess I chose an easy song then. All right. Well, uh, we'll go on to the second song. Then we have a question for you. Indeed. that song i do too very energetic anyway i'll let you read the question since this is your selection after all uh well what is the very fitting name of the priest who allows you to switch up your skills in this game
Wow. Well, if that doesn't scream Dragon Quest, I don't know what does. Um, yeah, this is a Dragon Quest game. Yes, uh, which which Dragon Quest is it, sir? Oh, don't play dumb. This is nine. It is. Sentinels of the Starry Skies is yes. the subtitle. And, uh, well, this, the second song I actually know from Dragon Quest Eight, which uh, I don't know if it's in other Dragon Quest games or if that was purely a reprise from Eight. But, it may um, have been a reprise. There's uh, one boss from every Dragon Quest game in uh, Nine. Okay. Then that would definitely be the final boss from Dragon Quest Eight or something. Yeah. Um, okay, that makes sense. I hope that's not too much of a spoiler for people. No, no, because um, they're they're whole different quests that you go on after the main game. Okay. Well, I have not played the main game. I, I haven't played the game at all, actually. Um, it's good. It's it's very uh, traditional, slow moving. You know. School RPG that I like, but I don't know why. But I can't get over this hurdle of characters that don't have personality. I, I know Dragon Quest that isn't really anything new. That is kind of I, that. It, you know, even in Dragon Quest Eight, aside from your own character who even right. had his own history, uh, right. the other characters had speaking parts and they had exactly. personalities. But in this game, yeah. I mean, your character has kind of a story, but you don't really learn much about him, and they never talk. You know, silent protagonist. But the other characters, you literally create. Right. And they just come out of a pub. They're like, hey, you need help? Here's Bob. (laughs) He's going to be your mage now. Oh, okay. (laughs) So you kind of make up little stories for them yourself. But yeah, I do wish there was more of a narrative. And in fact, the game doesn't really hit you with the storyline until like the last third mm. then it all starts piling up oh by the way here's what you're supposed to have been doing all the time yeah exactly <laughs> oh remember this from way back in the beginning ah here it is again oh okay <laughs> but it, it's a very pretty game and you know it's it's a grind fest which I'm not a huge fan of but there's alchemy and there's a, there's a lot of sub questy things to do which I like in a game Am I the only one who doesn't like the alchemy from Dragon Quest? I've never really done anything with the alchemy from Dragon Quest. I mean, it's just one of those things like, okay, it's there, I'm not going to do it. Okay, thanks, bye. Uh, well, seriously. the thing I don't like about it is that I'm scared to sell anything. Mm. You know, you, you'll find this, you'll get a sword, and then you'll go to a sh- an item shop in the next town, and you'll find a better sword. Well, usually what you do is you'd sell your old sword to help fund it. Right. But in this game, if you sell your old sword, hey, you might have needed that for uh, to alchemize an even better sword in the future. Yeah, I'm just. I understand why they do it. It just, it's not. It doesn't appeal to me that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah. I'm not the kind that wants to tinker with every nook and cranny and experiment and all this stuff. I just want to play through the damn game and, and yeah. see the end. Uh, I, I'm, I'm. I'll do some sub side quests if they're fun, if they're rewarding, but. I'm not going to go through and do this whole trial by error type crap. I just right. and there is a lot of that in this. Yeah. And what, but one of the things you you can do is there's a job system and they're called vocations. And any time you want, after a certain point in the game, you can change your vocations at this place, uh, kind of in the middle of the world, and uh, it's called All Trades Abbey. And the the priest who the head guy up there is called Jack. So it's Jack of All Trades Abbey, which I find humorous. But I'm 
Yeah, the whole game's like that. You know, there's these silly little wordplay jokes. Well, they've always done that. I mean, the, the names of all of the of the baddies have always been kind of tongue in cheek. Um, yeah, a lot of the cool a lot of baddies. And, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Bag of laughs. Yeah, that's not new to Dragon Quest Nine. Um, no, of course been, not. but I, I like so. what they do in the localization. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, but uh, yeah. so, but the basic gameplay is very similar to prior Dragon Quests. So, yeah. Oh yeah, just you know, inner fight, menu-based combat, turn-based. Yeah. Kill things and move on. Kill more things and move on until you hit a point where you need to grind to beat this boss. You know. Yeah, that, 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 I, that I don't. That big really on grinding. Like. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I can do without the grinding. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'm sure there's been tons of discussion on Dragon Quest Nine already on the other podcasts. So. Uh, <laughs> probably don't need to go too much into this game. Um, I'm not playing it, so throw your tomatoes at me. Um, <laughs> Definitely not for everybody. I feel like I played eight enough, and it's like if I play nine, it's probably just like eight for the most yeah, part. Yeah, it is. Not, it's very similar. Yeah. So, uh, fifth generator and Zach uh, both requested this game, so it's out of the way. It's done. It's uh, not coming back. <laughs> Well, we might come back if we're doing some sort of special, but, um, yeah, okay. All right, let's just move on to the next game. <laughs> all right, all right. so
right, here's the question to, to help you guys out. Maybe help you out. This game's main character shares his name with which spunky fictional video game lawyer? Hmm. at all, Zach. This is... None whatsoever. Sounds like an NES game. That's an NES game. You got that much. Yeah. Uh, this is the pseudo-random uh, pick of the week for me. Uh, it's Zezix for the NES. Um, not to be confused with Zezix Road, which is uh, between uh, Los Angeles and Las Vegas. It's X-E-X-Y-Z. That's mm. how this game is spelled. It's uh, a Hudson NES game. And it's... Uh, kind of a mishmash side scroller slash side scrolling shooter. Um, hmm. And the side scrolling sections are, they kind of remind me of maybe, maybe like the side scrolling Kid Icarus sections, like the left to right ones, okay. or yeah. um, maybe Zelda 2, not, not really. Um, you can like walk into doors and then there's these little rooms that either have a giant person for some reason or ahead of a person that talks to you and gives you something. Cool. Um, You're normal size, but like, I don't know why, but the heads, like the anime character heads, I, I don't know if it's a window or if it's just, I, I don't know, but they talk <laughs> to you, they give you stuff. I can't tell if there's actually a person in the room or if it's like everyone's giant except you on these islands. It's like, very confusing. Uh, it's very confusing. And the room's like, the doorways are as big as you. But you go in and these people are about eight times your sprite. And maybe that's exaggerating some, but it's like, how do they get in and out of these damn buildings? Seriously. Well, they cra- uh, they crash down the wall, but then they have to rebuild it. Yeah, apparently. Anyway, uh, so there's currency you collect by killing guys, and, and you can buy upgrades. It's pretty haphazard how the level design is set up. It's just sort of doors there that you walk into. Uh, if anyone's ever played Monster Party, it kind of has that vibe. But uh, that's sort of the first section. Then then you go into like an alien spaceship because aliens are apparently taking over this island. And um, and you fight side-scrolling. And then you hop in a, a plane or a flying saucer or whatever. It's different each time. And uh, you have a side-scrolling uh, kind of like Life Force or Parodius kind of section where, where you're just side-scrolling shooter. Hmm. Um, so it, it's got some variety. It's interesting. I... I 
I, I don't know how fun the game itself is. It seems like it has, has a lot going for it. Um, like I said, the level design seems a little haphazard. Um, but uh, it's a Hudson game. I, I don't know if Hudson's ever quite had uh, <laughs> uh, high budgets to, to do a really full-fleshed game. No, so. but their games are generally, you know, not bad. Yeah. Um, and this was during the days when they were doing a little more experimentation. I know they seemed to f- they fell into a Bomberman rut, and then I don't know what they're doing these days. Um, yeah, I don't either. They should bring but, back uh, Adventure Island. Did they do Adventure Island? I believe so. With the with the little guy running around with the you know kilt on, throwing things at bad guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. It. There's there are like three or four different series that all have that same oh. vibe to me. So I'm they all blur in my head. But um, this was an NES game. It actually looks pretty decent. I mean, I think it's a late NES game. So hmm. um, I don't know. I, I I don't know how popular it was or it came out in America. I know that. Maybe it'll Beyond come out that. on the virtual console someday. <laughs> uh, virtual console. Well, it, it is have a shooter section to it. So <laughs> that has that going for it. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. So the the answer to the to the question is, um, well, it, it's Apollo, not Phoenix, as some people might have thought. Ah. It's a little bit of a curveball there. It's Apollo, um, and and the characters like are always saying, "Oh, thank you, Apollo," or "Good job, Apollo." So it's <laughs> if you play the game, you. You, you know it, but does does he notice the uh, little tells and quirks of the other characters? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, but there's like a speed boost that's like some something to do with wings. Hey, so. that's something. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's uh, it's like I said, it's a. Uh, I'm putting my foot in my mouth because I'm tired, and uh, <laughs> I have no idea if this is a good game or not. <laughs> but it is on the show, and this is the last game of the show, and I really am putting it in because I'm exhausted. Right on. I'm getting there anyway, myself. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully you guys had fun. And uh, if this thing is out before the 17th, uh, be sure to check out the live radio trivia on September the 17th. Um, if not, then Zach, help me out here. I look forward to it. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Bye. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. Mega Man and Base is copyright 2003 Capcom. Muromasa the Demon Blade is copyright 2009 Marvelous Entertainment. Battle Clash is copyright 1992 Nintendo. Dragon Quest IX is copyright 2009-2010 Armor Project, Bird Studio, Level 5, Square Enix, Koichi Sugiyama. Zezix is copyright 1989 Hudson Soft.
This is uh, Zach's selection, so I'm going to let you read the question, Zach. All right. Uh, what is the Japanese term for your character's spirit guides in this game? Doggy. Yes. Oh, that's sort of a giveaway. I'll edit that out. <laughs> I, I thought you said something about wolves in the question. All right. <laughs> 